Hi everybody, I'm Peter Travers. This is Popcorn, where we tell you what's happening in the culture. And my guest today is Linda Cardellini, who is having a year of years. I mean, Thank come you. on. First of Thank all, your you. Green Book wins the Oscar yeah. as Best Picture. You know, that's pretty great. Incredible. Isn't it? And then you basically you do a horror film, uh, Curse of La Llorona, becomes number one over the Easter weekend. And now you have a series on Netflix called Dead to Me, which is as secret as that, that other little indie movie you made this year called uh, Avengers Endgame. <laughs> right. <laughs> No, tiny movie. Have you heard of it? <laughs> it was, it was yeah. tiny, but, yeah. you know, that's why we're here. We, we want to push that kind of thing. <laughs> right, you got to help that one out. But Dead to Me is this, like, wonderfully interesting show where I've read, I've talked to some people who say, but I don't know what it is. Is it a comedy? Is it a drama? And I keep saying, what's life? Right. Yeah, <laughs> no, yes, I agree. It's all of those things. But so that I don't get in major trouble. Okay. You set up what Dead to Me is. We jokingly call it a traumedy because a trauma there's so much well, trauma, trauma that they go through. And it's about these two people, myself and Christina Applegate, who meet at a uh, grief group and become unlikely friends. I'm a very free-spirited, sort of optimistic person and she's a very guarded, angry widow and, and we've both gone through tremendous loss. But we both have secrets that we're keeping and uh, and and major complications in our characters that make it interesting. And, uh, and so it sort of unravels from there. But the thing that I loved about it is you can't define the tone of the show or the genre of the show. It, it doesn't really fit in a box. So um, that Except to me Except every episode fun. ends where I go, what? I know, that I, I loved that there was a suspense element to it, that it wasn't just these two characters, you know, two, two females that you could kind of interchange their lines. They're very separate very defined characters that sort of lock in on this intimate relationship. But then it's a character story, but it's also got a lot of plot. So that, you know, it twists and turns, and I can barely talk about it because <laughs> everything is a spoiler. <laughs> Have you ever said the phrase, the title of this, to any hu other human in your life, you're dead to me? No. <laughs> no, I haven't. Well, lucky you then. Yes, I know. It's, uh, it's a good one, though. It's, it's very it's, it's tough. It Somebody's really if you're dead to somebody, that's uh, well, well, you're still living. That's the brutal. The two of you women in this show have many reasons to say that. Yes, absolutely. If you wanted to. Absolutely. Look how careful I was. Thank you. I, I well, very much appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Well, it, you basically and Christina Amblegate are the controlling forces of this show. Yeah. Aren't you? yeah. you know, you could just say, hey. I didn't like episode four. <laughs> Improved episode Oh, you mean as producers? Yeah, I yeah, just yeah, want to know yeah. how diva-esque uh, no. you or she actually is. We're, we're not, just in general, which is nice. This is something we actually get along about. I think mm -hmm. we're, we're big team players. So that was really fun and important to me going into the project. Because you, you if you work on a series, you work with people for a long time. So I wanted to be sure that I really enjoyed the people I worked with. And she's amazing. Liz Feldman, who's the creator and the showrunner, is incredible. Her mind is incredible. Her wit is incredible. Her heart is, in, is, is genuine. She's a wonderful person. And so uh, is she, it's her vision and her, and we have brilliant writers and staff and everything, but really she's at the head of it all. And it's very easy to trust her. So we just sort of give, you know, but did you and Christina know each everything. other before all no, this? No, we had never met. Really? Because yeah. it looked, that's in one way, it's very right for the series. Yeah, yeah. Because you don't. Yeah. But there's such an easiness 
um, between the two of you? Um, there is, and yeah. I was so grateful because it just happens or it doesn't. And the first time we met, we we both were signed on to do it, and we had lunch with with Liz and Jessica Elbaum, one of our producers, who we both know. We both worked with in different movies, mm -hmm. and they both said, you know, you guys are going to love each other. And when we met, you know, people say that often, and then you meet somebody, and like, okay, you know, it takes a while to get to know somebody, but we really instantly felt like we knew each other, and and it's been very very easy to be with her and to to do this with her and. And she really has my back, and I have hers. So it's it's a wonderfully it, it worked out beautifully. I couldn't be more grateful. In your career, and you've done so many different kinds of things, but I can't look at you without thinking of Freaks and Geeks right away. Okay, I can't because we all can't. If we saw this show that nobody watched, <laughs> I know, I know. Really, no, that's kind of the amazing thing about it. Yes. When Judd Apatow's here, he always says, "Why does everybody ask me about it, and where were they?" Yeah, exactly. When it was well, actually yeah. on. But at least, thank God, it's found. You know, for back in the day when that show was airing, if a show got canceled, it just went into this abyss. You never saw it again. You didn't have, really, people didn't put shows out on DVD. At that point, people didn't, there was no streaming. So the idea that there are places for people to watch it again, I had somebody stop me on the street and he was young. And he said, I love Freaks and Geeks. And I said, oh, thank you so much. He said, I hope you guys get a second season. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know if he was kidding <laughs> or not because he had such a deadpan look on his <laughs> face, but I thought that is hilarious. And I understand you kept the jacket. I do, I do have the jacket. And I brought it to the, we did a reunion shoot a while back and I brought it to there, I brought it there mm -hmm. and had everybody sign the inside of it. But whenever uh, Seth Rogen or Franco or anybody's here and they talk about that, they always pretend it's their show. It's your show. You were it. Thanks. You were both. <laughs> you got to be yeah. the freak and the geek yeah, and yeah, to yeah. do all of that. Yeah. And you feel good about it. I do. You know, and also at the time, like being a female at the center of that kind of show, that wasn't the type of female roles that were out there. They were the pretty or the popular or the completely nerdy. There was nothing in between that felt totally, you know, that mm -hmm. was when, when I read the script, that was what was appealing about it. At the time, I was up for two other shows during pilot season, and uh, I even got a phone call from somebody at the network saying, you know, the other two shows that we're interested in for you have a better chance of making it, which they actually didn't make it. And so you might want to reconsider which show, because once you test for a show, you can't go back and I chose that show because it was so unusual. And for the female role there, she was smart but confused and she loved her family. She wasn't a jerk. She wasn't too advanced for her age. She was almost, you know, and, and, and she was special. And so that role being at the center was something that was unusual at the time. What was the first thing you did after Freaks and Geeks? The first thing I did after Freaks and Geeks was, well, there was a while where I didn't work and I was no, nervous. No, that happens to no actors. Yeah, really. Yeah. Um, but people think because now Freaks and Geeks is a thing yeah. that we just went on to working all of the time mm -hmm. and, and we didn't. We were auditioning and I mean the majority of us and really trying hard to get another job. We it failed. So I was auditioning and I auditioned for I, I auditioned for a couple things. There were a couple movies. I got close on a couple things and then Scooby Doo came along and I thought, well this is do I wanna do this kind of big franchise thing. I sort of was like thinking I was going to have this indie feeling thing happening next. But I looked at the role and I thought, well, this is com a complete <laughs> 180 other than she's smart from what I just did. Freaks and Geeks were so grounded. It was funny, but it was grounded. And this was this broad character 
who had grown up loving that cartoon. Wow. But she was so Thelma. broad. Yeah. And that doesn't come along that often. Like broad character work wasn't coming along that often, especially as a as a young girl. Mm -hmm. um, even now, it doesn't you know it doesn't always come along. There are less of those, I think, for women for men than there are for men, in my opinion. Um, and I just thought that would be crazy fun. I'd be kind of nuts not to do it. And, and it, it was, was like one of the very first hundred million dollar budget movies. It was like enormous at the time, and. Uh, and also just sort of a strange, strange departure from the last thing I did. So I, I was uh, excited, did like all the studying work. I would study Velma's voice. I would st I talked to the woman who originally played Velma. I was, I was really into I it. I heard that, that you really research I did, when you're I doing did. it, whether the character you're playing is a real person or a fictional character. Yeah, I like to. I like to. And then, you know, a lot of it is just how you feel on the day. You know, I leave a lot of it open to, I've been so lucky um, you know, especially in this past year and, and in these past few years, like my whole career actually, to work with incredible actors. So I keep it open because there's so much that they're going to bring to me, you know, when their performance that I'd be crazy to decide it all before I enter into the room. And you did that a lot in Green Book too, which is a kind of character in that movie who settles us, you know? And at the same time, we understand who Tony Lip is, where he lives, what's a, how is that part of his life to do it. And what was that whole experience like? That this movie came basically, it was under the radar. Yeah. And then suddenly, yeah, yeah. boom. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, I, I, for lack of a better word, it was pretty magical, I have to say. You know, there, it was, I went there and I, and, and I auditioned for the role and I read with Vigo and, you know, I was coming off of a horror movie. I shot that movie before I shot <laughs> Green Book, even though it came out after. And just sort of was like, it, it just, I loved the role. I, I just thought, if, if nobody cares about him getting home, yeah. then the movie is different. You know, you have to care about him being on the road trip, and that's the, that is the bulk of the film, is the men's relationship in the, in the car. But if they don't care about him getting home, and the, if the home doesn't feel real then the stakes are different for the film. So I really, even though she's, she's not in the film as much as the, as the men are, I felt that the, that role was significant in that way. And I really, I really enjoyed that part of it. But I wasn't there shooting as long as, as everybody else. Mm -hmm. But what was really fun was that the whole process going through the award season and all that, you really get to be with everybody and you really get to celebrate with everybody. And so often you make films that, you know, don't make it nearly that far in terms of recognition or success. And to be there and to be celebrating something instead of, you know, struggling to get the word out as, you know, sometimes you do with projects, it, it, was, really, it was really fantastic. Well, I think we live in that kind of world, you know, where there are the huge epic movies, which you've done, and you, you did a movie that I just love called Return. Thank you. Yeah. That's you know. one of my favorites. Thank and you. you have to, to take a small movie like that, you almost have to go door to door. Yes, yes. To say, absolutely. watch this. Which isn't in my personality necessarily, and I've had to sort of try to learn. Like I could promote, if you, I could promote this show all day for you. Mm -hmm. But for myself, myself, I have a little bit of a harder time. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, you know, so that's part of uh, why you sort of hire a team around you and all of those kinds of things. But for Return, it was such a small film. And I remember we got into the Cannes Festival under the, in Fortnite, 
mm-hmm. you know, portion of it, the director, Liza Johnson, wonderful female director, produced by female, it, it was really female driven at a time when that wasn't, you know, it, it, people weren't going out of their way to do that. It was less likely as it is today, which even still it needs to be more it's likely going more. forward. Yeah. Um, but it was really a beautiful experience and it was really truly a labor of love, a very, very small budget. But it was one of the first films that I got to really um, carry with a full story from beginning, middle to end. We have a couple of questions that arise from social media. Are you willing to oh take this? No, they're not. Okay. Kyle K. Kyle the K. The best role you have ever played and why? Uh, it's hard to say because I like them all for different reasons. You're going to go with Scooby-Doo, aren't you? No, 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 no. no. Um, I would have to say Lindsay is very close to my heart. Lindsay Weir, Freaks and Geeks, is very close to my heart. It's sort of... It, it sort of kicked things off in a way, and it was something that, like, I don't know, I think the tone and the, and, and the tenor of that was, I don't know, felt true to, to who I was. Um, and you kept the jacket. I don't, I said steel, you know, but I'm sure you just It was the soft steel is what I call it. I kind of asked permission, and they were like, maybe not, and then I thought, Have well, you well. ever taken anything from uh, another? I do take, yeah, I, I, I ask. I'm, I'm like, I'm a, a afraid of getting in trouble. <laughs> I don't like to get in trouble. Um, but uh, I took some things from the ER set, because that set was so iconic. Mm-hmm. Um, I have... Usually have a you were a tough of, nurse on ER. Yeah. Yeah. Which for me, you took no crap from people. Right, and yeah. I wasn't afraid of her being unlikable because at times I feel like when you go in, just like nurses are so nurturing by nature, but they're so tired. You know, they they really mm-hmm. work hard, and sometimes you know the toughest people once they start to take care of you, that veneer breaks. And so that was something that I was kind of playing with when I was on the show. Did you take anything from Dead to Me? Oh yeah. Yes. I, my wardrobe? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. The grease? No, I'm kidding. Um, the <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I do take a little bit of something. If it's, you know, and I ask. Like, sometimes it's an earring oh, it's or okay a piece here. of wardrobe. We're or, very forgiving no, of whatever, you, whatever you take. There was one more question gonna, here, I I'll think. Yeah, this right. Here comes the popcorn. Jennifer H., now that you've been in the Avengers movies, would you ever want to play a superhero yourself? Absolutely. Absolutely. But that's kind of the bummer about playing a human in the Marvel universe is that you know, you know, you're the, the human. Well, Hawkeye, who you're married to, and it doesn't really have that's true. superpowers. So I think you're ready. He's pretty special, though. No. <laughs> He's got some special stuff going on. He's really good at archery. I don't know how good you are at that skill or whether you picked it up. From... Uh, I'm not good. No, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Not good at that. It's not, so, on, it's not on my special skills. But you want to be a superhero if you're going to play. Yeah, I'd like to just beat some people up. Bad people. <laughs> Linda, this is the first time you've been on the show. I yes. hope there'll be many times more, but you Thank don't you. know that we end in song. Oh, okay. <clears throat> we do, you know. And, of course, I've heard you sing on the screen. I remember uh, you in The Founder with Michael Keaton yeah. doing a little Pennies from Heaven. That's right. Give us what's in your heart. I was going to say, there's a, there's a song that is a, just a 60s song. It's like a, that's a, <clears throat> and it's called, you probably know it. Maybe <laughs> you want to jump right in. I may. I may okay. just not be able to stop myself. So, okay. Give me a little. You All have right. to start us. The night we met, I knew I needed you so. And if I had the chance, I'd 
never let you go. So won't you say you love me? I'll make you so proud of me. We'll make them turn their heads every place we go. So won't, won't you, you be, be mine? Be my baby. Be my little baby. Oh, harmony. What? Baby, be my darling. Be my baby now. I want a musical. I would like to do a musical. Oh, Linda Carter. I don't think got a little off there, musical. but I'm like, maybe. Great. Thank that you. That was just terrific. So Thank you. I have nothing but good things to say about Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Thank today. you for having me.